please note that this podcast contains coarse language and details about true crime. Please look towards the description of this specific episode for its warnings. Viewer discretion is advised. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Jade Talks True Crime. So, of course, it has been a while since I last uploaded um, an episode, but like I've said before, I'm not a consistent uploader. Um, Sometimes I find it really hard to get the motivation to like record and really dig deep into a case. Um, So, it does take me some time. And hopefully everyone can understand that and I hope you just really enjoy the episodes when they come and that I hope you enjoyed this one as well. Um, Regarding this case, I'd found out I was just kind of searching online like true crime cases, like murder cases, and the small description I saw about this one really, really got me intrigued into it. It's a really interesting case and it's a pretty long one. There's a lot of detail, Um, so sit back grab your popcorn or like you know if you're listening to this while you're like cleaning or doing something take your time because this could possibly be really long um but yeah here is the case of Catherine Knight um I don't know how popular this case is I've kind of seen a few TikToks about it since I had like written out the script so I think it's getting some leeway but I'm not too positive but nonetheless um you know, we'll see and you'll know about it if you don't know about it. And if you know about it, here's my recap of it. So yeah, so we're going all the way back into the beginning of Catherine's life just because it's really important to go from the minute her life started until um, her committing the crime um, just because her childhood could have like a big part and well does probably have a big part in what happens so we are starting off with her mother Barbara so her mother Barbara was married to a man named Jack and they had four boys together and after that Barbara had started an affair with her husband's co-worker Ken night so um after they've been having this affair for a while barbara and jack split and then she ends up with ken so ken and barbara then had a set of twins and Catherine was the younger of the twins born on october 24th 1955 in tenterfield new south wales so a while after Jack had actually passed, so two of the boys had joined Ken, Catherine, and her twin, um, and Barbara. So they were all together. And one specific thing is that Barbara's grandmother was believed to be an Aboriginal woman, and this had caused a lot of tension for the children due to some racism that they experienced. And I am pretty sure I read something that Catherine was really intrigued. Um, into this and yeah so that caused a lot of tension for the children which so it was kind of hard for them um and besides her twin sister Catherine was really close to her uncle Oscar these are the two people she was closest to and he actually ended up committing suicide in 1969 so after this she stated that she seen his ghost and she was kind of mentioning that and obviously this was like a big trauma for her as like basically her best friend had died um and later in 1969 geez they ended up moving to Aberdeen so they had 
relocated from Tenterfield to Aberdeen. So into Catherine's kind of childhood, that was more of a background. Into her childhood, her father was an alcoholic who was extremely violent. Um, He tended to intimidate her mother a lot specifically, and he would actually end up raping her multiple times a day, sometimes up to 10 times. So extremely traumatic for not only Barbara, but for her children to kind of know. Um, And in turn, Barbara often told her daughters like really intimate details of her sex life or more so rape. I guess, um, and she told them how she hated sex and men. So, obviously, though, Barbara was really traumatized by this. Like, this is extremely traumatizing. I feel like telling your children is a little, like, I don't know, like, it's... The detail part is interesting. Um, and I guess later on, when Catherine complained to her mother about one of her partners wanting to have sex, while she didn't want to, her mom told her to just, quote, put up with it and stop complaining. So it seems that Barbara's, you know, kind of connection and thought of sex was so bipolar almost, and it was just really interesting on how her experience got pushed onto her children and how she pushed it onto them. Um, And unfortunately, Catherine claimed that she was frequently sexually abused by several members of her family, though not by her father, but other members of her family, which continued till she was 11 years old. So, although there are some minor doubts about the details, psychiatrists later um, accepted and believed her claim as all of her family members confirmed that this sexual abuse did happen. So, it's so interesting to me that all of her family members were like, oh yeah, like, she was abused. Like, it's just so weird. Like, I know this is back in, like, the, you know, the 1960s, um, two seventies, but it's just really interesting that, you know, they all knew and nothing happened. Like they never really, it doesn't seem like they did anything, nothing that I saw at least. So it's, it's a really interesting thing to learn and just kind of think about in a way really odd. But, um, yeah, so that had happened to Catherine, obviously something really traumatizing and yeah, just something you don't want to experience. So, In school, Catherine was, by all accounts, like, pretty fine. Like, she was, um, you know, a pleasant person. She actually was a model student and earned, like, a lot of awards for her really good behavior in school. Um, But when she was in a rage, she had, like, uncontrollable murderous rages in response to, like, really small things. So... She had attended Muswellbrook High School, and she was kind of someone that was alone. She didn't really have any friends, and a lot of her classmates remembered her as a bully who specifically bullied smaller children, like younger children, and she even assaulted one boy at school with a weapon, and she also injured a teacher um, who was found to have acted in self-defense. So, yeah, very interesting. Um, seems like she was just very full of rage, which I mean, seeing how her childhood was, it's really easy to kind of comprehend why she would be acting out in different ways. Um, but it it just kind of gets worse and gets out of hand a little bit. So Barbara had left school at the age of 15 and without having learned to read or write, but she had gained employment as a cutter in a clothing factory. So this was her first job. And after a year, 
she went to another job, which she referred to as her dream job, which was at a local abattoir, which is a slaughterhouse. Um, This is her dream job. And she was quickly promoted to boning and she was given her own set of butcher knives. So this is Catherine's dream job. And, you know, maybe this could be other people's dream jobs, but it being Catherine's is really bad and it just, it all like comes together at the end. Um, But yeah, so this is Catherine's dream job. And at home, she had hung the knives over her bed um, so that they would, quote, would always be in handy if I needed them, is what she said. And this was a habit she had um, everywhere she lived. Either they were above her bed or at her bedside table, obviously until her um, arrest. But um, she always had these knives near her in bed, specifically. Um, and while working in the butcher shop, she had met David Collette, which was someone really, really similar to her own father. Um he was really prone to violence and he was a really bad alcoholic. So we used to the violence that was occurring when he kind of had a drunken scuffle with her, she had fought back. Um, and he realized that she's very, very capable of causing damage even just with like her fist, with her bare hands. I'm presuming they got in like a fist fight and she like beat him up or something. Um, and she kind of began dominating the relationship and dominating him. Um, And in 1974, she somehow convinced him to marry her. He was apparently extremely intoxicated the whole time. And even her own mother warned him and said, quote, she has a screw loose somewhere. Um, So even her own mother was saying, she's crazy, like her temper is out of this world. And again, it's so weird that so many people know that she's like this and nothing really ever came of it. Like, it's so weird. And on the wedding night, they had had sex three times and Catherine wanted to have sex a fourth time but he was exhausted so he went to sleep um rightfully so and she decided to strangle him because she was so mad so she's choking him out and um he had woken up and fought her off so despite her literally trying to like murder him like not even a day into their marriage they actually were married for longer than 10 years um which I don't even know why that was, but, um, yeah, he had stayed with her, um, but David was unfaithful, and, you know, through this time, they even had two daughters together. I'm not sure of the ages of the daughters, um, but I will be mentioning them. I just could not find anything about their ages, But nonetheless, he was an unfaithful person and he would even leave Catherine and the two daughters alone in the middle of the night to go have these affairs and whatnot. Um, And upon discovering the affairs, Catherine had actually placed her two-month-old baby on train tracks before a train was shortly due to come through this area. So again, I don't know if this was her first baby or her second baby that she did this with, um, but at the time they were two months old. And they were placed on train tracks. Thankfully, the train didn't come and the baby was alive. Um, but that is really, really bad. And she had also stolen an axe and was threatening people with it. I don't know if she was threatening strangers or like people she knew, but she was threatening people with it after she found out he had an affair or multiple affairs. Um, 
And later on, she had been diagnosed with postnatal depression after she was seen by, like many people, violently swinging and pushing her second baby in a stroller, like on a busy street. So, not really sure what this means. I'm presuming, like, just flinging the stroller around and kind of pushing it around and, like, shit like that. Um, So, yeah, clearly, even in her first marriage, Catherine is going rogue. Um, So, the only thing that really happened to her that was, like, kind of gonna help her mental state or was like somehow addressing her mental state was she had spent a few months in a psychiatric hospital and there she had told nurses that she wanted to kill a mechanic who had fixed David's car because it was possible for him to leave her now um like his car worked he could leave so despite her like threatening this and all that he literally took he took Catherine back when she was released from the hospital don't even know why she was released if she was literally saying I'm going to kill this mechanic so I mean I I don't know um but yeah after she was released from the hospital their relationship afterwards didn't really last long anyways um and when he had left her she went through a really deep like period of distress and was like really distressed about him leaving but nonetheless later on in 1986 Catherine met 38 year old minor David Saunders so you will see a pattern in names through her partners um so yeah we're on David number two um and a few months later he had moved in with her and her two daughters though he did have his own apartment in scone or scone I don't know it's spelt like the it's spelt yeah spelt it's spelled like the pastry thing, but like some people say it's scone, some people say it's scone. I don't even know if this like town is supposed to be called like that, but whatever. It's spelled like scone, scone, whatever. I'm going to say scone. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But he had kept his old apartment there and she became really jealous thinking that he had done things behind her back and she would throw him out like a lot. I'm not sure if she did this because she thought like he was doing stuff in his apartment. Um... But yeah, he would then move back to his apartment and then she would follow him back and beg him to return with her. So kind of really mixed signals there, Catherine. Um, And yeah, and then in 1987, she had cut the throat of his two-month-old dingo puppy in front of him for him to just know this is what's going to happen if he has an affair or, you know, does something um yeah so basically she did this for the sole purpose of him to know that he can't fuck with her um and then she knocked him unconscious with a frying pan after this not really sure what the point of that was but she slit his dingo's throat which is horrible um not sure if it lived or had passed but she did that and then somehow they were still together after this and in June 1988, she had given birth to her third daughter named Sarah. So this had prompted David to put a deposit on the house, which she then later paid off with her workers' compensation. Um, but she had decorated the house with really crazy shit like animal skin, skulls, horns, animal traps, machetes, rakes, pitchforks. Apparently there was no space, even the ceilings, left uncovered from all this weird shit. Um really really scary stuff and after an argument um once she had hit him in the face with an iron and then stabbed him in the stomach with a pair of scissors after this 
he had moved back to scone or scone but when he later returned he'd found she cut up all of his clothing so he took a really long leave off of work after this and kind of went into hiding um she had tried to find him for several months but no one would tell her where he was i mean these are good people not telling her um and a few months later, he returned to see his daughter. Obviously, that's his kid, and he wants to see his kid. And he found out that Catherine had gone to the police, the police, and told them she was afraid of him. So she kind of flipped the switch. I guess he never really told the police, or nobody else called the police after she literally fucking stabbed him. But okay. Um, so she kind of flipped the switch and said, you know, he was the abuser and blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah she told the police she was afraid of him and then they issued her with an avo or an apprehended violence order so basically if someone has an avo against you you can't have a weapon license you can't have a lease um you're also like prohibited from being near this person and like their children etc etc um i'm pretty sure it's similar to a restraining order obviously like this will be called like different things in different places um I do mention a restraining order later on within the story. Um, so an AVO and a restraining order are different, but I think they're pretty similar to each other. I'm not too sure. Again, like depending where you live, you will have different definitions of what each thing is. Um, but yeah, and then that is how her relationship with David ended. Basically, she had the AVO on him and that was that. Moving on to Catherine's third partner um we have a new name pattern coming so in 1990 she became pregnant by her former abattoir co-worker um john chillingworth and she gave birth the following year to a boy and they named him eric so her relationship was with her relationship with john there isn't much information i don't think as much happened compared to her other relationships um but it did last three years and then she ended up having an affair and they just broke it off he broke it off with her and that was kind of that they had a kid it seemed pretty like actually kind of normal like there was no reported violent incidents so i don't know if anything actually didn't happen or if like he just never came forward with it but there's nothing reported um and yeah so they just he just ended it um while she was well, because she was having this affair, and she was having this affair with a man named John Price. Again, John, John, David, David, what the fuck? Um, I don't know if, like, maybe back then, like, obviously there was less of, like, an array of names to pick for your kid compared to now, but, like, why, girl? Um, but, yeah, so then her last partner was John Price, whom she was having an affair with while she was with John Chillingworth. But we're on John Price now, okay? John Price is who we're talking about now. So he was the father of three children when she had had an affair with him. Um, but his own marriage had ended in 1988, so he had been um, divorced for a while. Um, apparently, he was liked by everyone who knew him. He seemed like a really nice guy, um, had a good job, and he made a lot of money working in local mines. So you know, it seems like a good guy. So his one child, which was a two-year-old daughter, had remained with his former wife while his two older children lived with him. So he was pretty much aware of Catherine's, like, violence. Um, 
but she had moved into his house in 1995 anyways. Not really sure why you would even be with her if you knew, but whatever. Um, but his children had seemed to really like her. So, I mean, obviously that would probably be a really good sign for like a father. Um, and yeah, so they had some violent arguments, but at first apparently their life together was really good. Um, from what I have, I had, I had read. So in 1998, they had a fight because John had refused to marry Catherine. She wanted him to marry her, and he was like, no. Um, obviously, it's his choice whether he wants to marry her or not. Like there could have been a million reasons why he said no. I probably would have said no too if it was me, but <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, they got in this fight, and basically, in retaliation for this, she had videotaped items he had stolen from his work and sent the tape to his boss. So the items were apparently out-of-date medical kits that he had taken from the company. So it doesn't seem like it's a big deal, but nonetheless, companies have policies, blah, blah, blah. Um, so she recorded this and sent it to his boss and he was fired from the job that he had had for 17 years. So this is really sad and she just like literally ruined like his career basically. Well, at least the job he had had for a really long time and he was really stable in. So that's kind of fucking sucks. Um, and that same day he had kicked her out and she returned to her own home. And then apparently like everyone around them kind of found out what she did and what he did and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, so then in February of 2000, so this is the month that shit goes down, shit hits the fan in this month, but in February of 2000, they had an argument and she actually attempted to stab him in the chest. So attempted murder. Okay. Um, he had taken out a restraining order. So again, not sure what the difference between a restraining order and an AVO is, but they're obviously somehow different. Um, and he had taken out a restraining order against her in an attempt to keep his children like safe. Obviously it's really good. And <clears throat> toward the end of the month, he had let on that he was concerned for his safety. So he told his coworkers, he was like, if I ever go missing, Catherine killed me. He said this very specifically. If I am ever missing, she killed me. And that's what fucking happened. So this comes in later. So then we're on to February 29th, 2000. So this is where the murder occurs. I'm not really sure like what happened between John and Catherine, but obviously they were like back together at this point, though he did have a restraining order against her. They were like together. Um, yeah. So on February 29th, he comes home as per usual and he followed what his normal routine was. He would go and talk with the neighbors and then before sleeping at 11, that was it. So he would go to his neighbors, then fall asleep at 11 o'clock approximately. And that was like his day to day, um, thing. And then Catherine came shortly after she had made herself dinner, watched TV, showered, and then she'd went upstairs to bed. So, like, I think they were, like, together again at this point. It's really confusing because I'm like, you have a restraining order. She shouldn't even be, like, within, like, a kilometer of you. Like, why is she here? But, um, apparently she was there and she just climbed right into bed with him. So, once Catherine gets into bed with John, he's asleep and she had woken him up because she wanted to have sex, I guess. So she woke him up, they had sex, and then he had went back to sleep. Seemed all fine and dandy, yeah, until, until 
she took a butcher knife from her side of the bed. As said before, she keeps them beside her side of the bed, wherever the fuck she is. And she ended up stabbing him 37 times. So, according to evidence, I'm presuming from the autopsy, um, he had woken up mid-attack, but he couldn't fight her off. Obviously, if you've already been stabbed a, like, good amount of times, it would be really hard to fight someone off. Like, you're probably already bleeding to death. Um, so yeah, so he succumbed to his wounds, obviously. And then, Catherine proceeded to drag his body downstairs, she skinned him, and then she hung his body from a meat hook, a meat hook, in the living room. So, after that, she then decapitated him and cut up pieces of his body to cook in a dish with potato, pumpkin, beets, zucchini, cabbage, squash, and gravy. So, after that, you know, she made herself a dish. Oh my god, it's gross. Um, she then made herself a dish but later at the crime scene the police had seen that she had half discarded contents of it and it seems that she couldn't finish her meal so maybe at this point she felt a little guilty um like she's literally treating him like a piece of meat like he's on a fucking meat hook like what the fuck so um yeah she couldn't finish him but yeah um after this she had laid down next to the headless mutilated corpse of him took a bunch of pills and she had passed out um so yeah the next morning guess what happened john didn't show up for his shift and his co-workers knew immediately what had happened so they called the police right away and were like he ain't here you need to go over there um so the police went and they they found them and they immediately detained her and she was in a comatose state obviously she took a bunch of pills um so when she woke up she claimed she had no memory of the night before which i don't believe for fucking shit but apparently she didn't know what was going on but in the kitchen they had found his head boiling in a pot of vegetables on the stove um then they look to the table and they see two full plates of this food and each of them were labeled with a name and they realized that she had been planning to serve this dish to his two children um which is extremely messed up it's one thing for you to kill him and eat him yourself but really really so she was trying to feed him to his own children um which thank god they didn't eat it oh my god you know how traumatizing that would have been but yeah so she was trying to get them to eat him too which is horrible so yeah and despite her claims she was charged immediately with his murder obviously there's no evidence to point elsewhere like clearly it was her and you know (laughs) that was that so in october of 2001 her trial had commenced so she was approximately 46 at the time um she had well she was turning 46 in this month so yeah basically she was 46 um and the trial didn't get that far it was kind of for reasons that remain unclear why she had changed her plea but she changed her plea to guilty and the judge adjourned the case without testimony like she pleaded and that was that i mean there was so much evidence pointing towards that it was her like it would be stupid to even like have a defense at that point like seriously um 
And yeah, so she was escorted to prison that day and the judge had ordered that her papers be marked never to be released, ever. So this was for the first time in history, like she was the first woman in Australia given a life sentence without parole whatsoever. Um, Crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, And she had even tried to appeal her sentence at one point and was denied almost immediately. I don't know why you would even try to appeal that. Um, but yeah, life sentence without parole she was given. To this day, she still maintains her innocence and says she like didn't do it, which like just give up. Just stop. Just give up. Like honestly, just give up. Um but yep she still says i'm innocent and nope she doesn't take responsibility for it um and she is currently still serving her life sentence at silverwater women's correctional center in new south wales um and she is currently 66 years old so she is still currently alive um but she is serving her life sentence without parole and yeah that is the case of Catherine knights and the murder of john price this is such a fucked up story like it's unbelievable when you look into it like it's so crazy like how much like was done to her in her childhood you kind of there's a little moment in your brain where you're like god you kind of feel bad because this shit had happened to her and that's probably what irked her to like act out but there's so many people who experience what she experiences and they don't like try to kill people or like literally kill people or like eat people you know so you feel bad for like a split second and then you're like why am i feeling like this like she literally didn't have to do the most and do that so it's kind of really messed up even though you you know you might feel bad for a little bit um god it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy and like all like her children and his children like the trauma that would be brought on after like something like this it's just crazy um yeah but i hope you enjoyed this episode obviously really crazy i feel like i'm gonna have to put a bunch of warnings in the description um of this but yeah i hope you enjoyed i would definitely recommend like looking into this case if you're intrigued it's like actually nuts but yeah i hope you enjoyed like i had said make sure to follow the podcast um to be you know notified when i upload my next one again no promises when it will be but there will be another just sometime in the future somewhere but yeah i'm really hope you all enjoyed and i will see you next time bye